Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. An interesting marking today as we started out a, a Monday trade. Definitely you're looking at some higher numbers that we saw all the way through this grain complex. Some mixed to big drop lower on the livestock side. But speaking of livestock, a turn that happened in this dairy industry with some limit up action. We're going to talk about what's happening in that industry as well as looking at the geopolitical world that we're in. And really a market we don't talk a lot about on this program is the rice market and we're going to talk about how it really is the glue so we're going to talk some sticky rice in a good way uh coming up as we have today's show underway and joining us sean hackett he's with hackett financial advisors and sean you sent out an, an article this morning that just talked about this geopoliticals kind of off the rails shall we say interesting things as we continue to follow russia ukraine but all the different parts that come off of this that are affecting us here in the states but more importantly having that big global effect feel yeah it really is i think russia made a decision that they were they weren't getting any headway on what they were looking for which was some kind of a uh, resolving of the ukraine territories and such and they said we need to take a different track. So that started when they did not renew the corridor deal, which in and of itself wasn't necessarily that important because um, Ukraine had found ways to move grain by land into the EU and through the Danube River uh, to get grain out. And, and, and they could more than offset the lack of Black Sea movement with movement through those two avenues. But we know the EU is really pushing back on having this grain coming into their country and disrupting the food chain there. In fact, I think by September 15th, um, they're not longer going to allow or they're contemplating no longer allowing that. Secondly, overnight, Russia really putting a hurt on ports and assets in the Danube River means they are now going after that main artery. And if that artery shuts, then there's no grain coming out of Ukraine for the foreseeable future. Um, and winter's coming, which, um, you know, puts even greater urgency on what might take place here. So, so the markets are putting um, geopolitical premium back on in a hurry, um, as this looks to me like a major shift away from things are, are fine, they're going to stay fine, to, you know, we, we may actually may go back to the concern we had a year ago this time, however, there may be no easy way to release the valve. So having said that, I mean, obviously NATO is getting involved even more. Uh, the EU has got some pushback going on as well. What do you see in the next couple of weeks? How is this going to affect what we deal with with markets here in the States? Well, I mean, you know, to me, as long as this situation is escalating, I think we're going to continue to put premium on to our grain markets, especially obviously wheat and corn, I think the market is now really looking at a situation that um, looks like it could and probably will get much, much worse before it gets better. And remember, Russia's winter wheat crop is down 15% from a year ago, and their spring wheat crop is expected to be down 10 to 15% from a year ago. So even Russia itself is going to have less wheat supply to satisfy a market or a world market that does not have access to Ukraine wheat. And what if NATO or Ukraine decide to retaliate and prevent some of the Russia supply from getting out? I mean, it gets really nasty in a hurry, and it means 
that there's going to be some good pricing opportunities. Unfortunately, for the wrong reasons, for producers here in the U.S., we're going to have some pretty good pricing opportunities along, and we must never lose sight of the fact that profitability of a farm is the number one responsibility to take care of first and center. Yep. Yep. So, you know, one, one area we don't talk a lot about is this rice market. And and obviously, we don't grow rice to the northern areas we're at, but it's such an integral part in what we're seeing in this grain complex moving forward. And I think you've got an interesting take about why grain producers in general need to kind of keep an eye on this rice market. Well, out of the eight or nine billion people on this planet, half survive on either wheat or rice, especially in Africa and Asia. They have to have one or the other ample supply. A year ago, when we had $14 U.S. wheat futures, India was a prolific seller of cheap wheat and kept the global food system intact and allowed you know, those that need food that are on the edge to keep themselves fed. A week ago, India banned rice exports because they are concerned about their own rice supplies and their own food inflation domestically, and they're the number one exporter of rice in the world times two above anybody else. They, I don't believe we are going to be seeing ample cheap rice available this time around, meaning that this geopolitical situation in Russia Ukraine escalates prices in wheat to the extent it did last time. Rice is not going to be the glue that keeps the system together, and we really could be looking at the first, what I would consider to be human consumable food crisis you know, the first time we're really gonna have one of these since 0708 was the last time we had a bona fide food crisis on a global scale where people in these countries unfortunately could be on the edge of a humanitarian crisis that it's um you know that's really going to be very unpleasant and when that happens those that are hungry go after those that have the food and go after those who they feel responsible for why they don't have the food, which means further escalation in these geopolitical concerns. So rice is a very important market to pay attention to because without that being ample, we, we take this up a whole nother notch than we did last time. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to tackle as we get ready for the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell on this Monday afternoon. We come back. We're going to talk about energy markets and what's going on fertilizer wise. I know folks are getting ready, already thinking about fall fertilizer, even though this crop is growing, worried about costs and what we might see going into 2024. Add to that, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, limit up action in the dairy industry. Got some good news to talk about. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio. Here's an update on what's going on at Fontenelle Hybrids. We're combining with the Channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced Channel Seed brand. And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select Channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing this conversation this afternoon with Sean Hackett with Hackett Financial Advisors. I uh, want to dive into the livestock stuff, but before we do, um, let's talk about energy markets and fertilizer. What are you seeing as some key signs that our grain producers need to keep an eye out for? Well, we know that the last spike in fertilizer prices was because of escalation of Russia and Ukraine. 
um, but also because it boosts uh, grain markets higher, especially the corn market higher, which is a voracious consumer of fertilizer. So one would have to believe that if uh, you know this continues to escalate and we get the energy prices rocking and rolling to the upside um, and it continues to push grain markets, especially corn to the upside, we could be looking at a round two of a spike in fertilizer prices, um, you know, the, similar to what we saw last time. And so it's extremely important while prices are still fairly attractive relative to where they were a year ago and a year and a half ago to not lose sight of risk management on the farm. You know, natural gas and dry down corn here in the fall, you know, fertilizer for the next growing season, make sure you get yourself covered here because there's no way to know how far this thing will go, how crazy it might get, and it may far exceed anything we saw last time, as crazy as that was. You just do not want to get caught being under uh, cover here on these very important inputs so that you can benefit from the higher grain price when you're selling your corn or soybeans and not have to eat the higher input cost. Jump over to the livestock side. Uh, exciting times right now. You, I could tell just in your voice before we started this program, a limit up day in the dairy maybe means some good things coming our way for our dairy producers. Well, remember, we, we probably, arguably, in a good portion of the country over the last couple of months had the worst margins ever re- reported or ever seen in the history of U.S. dairy. Um, that's the bad part. Um, the other part is everywhere else in the world was experiencing the same thing, meaning usually uh, it's not all for one, one for all. Some countries are getting it. Not, not Some countries are not seeing it. Everybody saw it simultaneously at the same time. It's a perfect storm of supply contraction later this year into 2024. At the same time that we finally saw demand from China surge here in June for their dairy imports, something we've been on the lookout for for quite some time. Um, and, and, and now we're seeing this geopolitical situation start to stir, getting grain prices moving. So we, we're finally seeing the, the turn back up. We've put almost $3 onto the class three price in a little, little over a week. Um, and so I, I, to me, the way I'm seeing this, I believe that the bottom is in, that we are looking at what could be one of the best years in dairy in U.S. dairy, maybe ever in 24, because of the overshoot to the downside. And so, you know, my hope is that it's come in time to save many dairymen that were on the edge that might not have made it. Maybe this would be just enough to keep them in the game and keep them uh, going and, and getting themselves to the other side. But it really is really, really a good sign. And I do believe it's a sustainable move higher. I do not think this is a flash in the pan. So as a dairy producer and, and, and maybe locking in feed costs and all that stuff, what are some things you'd like them to look at over the next quarter or so? Well, they have to absolutely manage their feed costs side. You know, if, if they don't, then, then all they're doing is they're gaining on, on milk but losing it on the feed and they're not really getting subs ahead. From the losses they have uh, triggered or they have, have absorbed here, um, Susan here in the last few months that you know they they need to make some serious margin on the other side they have to lock in these mar- or, you know these these current prices for inputs in the least if they're cash strapped you know they need to protect 
upside price risks in their inputs on paper. I mean, they have to do something so that they're not eating that input cost increase while the milk market is going up. They have to be able to gain that margin. It's it's a critical moment of truth to be able to do that and to act on it. Um, and that time is now, in my opinion. Put on, if we get time to talk about, and that's South American prospects uh, for the crop cycle. What's going on there? Well, usually El Nino is very good for production down in South America. Certainly it's going to be good for Argentina. We want to warn everybody, it may not be that good for Brazil, at least for Mato Grosso, which is the number one state in Brazil for producing soybeans and for producing second crop corn. We might be entering an unusual El Nino where the warm waters get stuck in the center and we have cool waters to the east and to the west. It's called a Modokai. If that develops as we believe it will, that's a place to watch for a weather-related triggering weather premium market. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sean? Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We also have a Twitter page, at Faradex11. Good information we put on there from time to time on what we do, how we do it. All right. Thanks so much, Sean. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.